Hello everyone. Welcome back to Boss DK the podcast. Today we are excited to have Dr. Vandana Nadig Nair and Santosh Abraham from Elderaid. Elderaid is a unique organization focusing on elder wellness and their mission is to help our elders live life fully. Dr. Vandana is the CEO and co-founder of Elderaid. She holds a PhD in industrial organizational psychology from Central Michigan University, USA. She is a serial entrepreneur. She set up Cocoon in 2000 to support small, medium and large organizations in their growth and transformations from a strategic talent management and development perspective. Her early consulting work with various social sectors organizations led to the birth of Ficus in 2012, an organization which focuses on building capacity in social sector organizations and leaders. She's a mother of two, an avid reader, dances and teaches the classical Indian dance form Mohini Atam. Santosh is the co-founder and CEO of Elderaid and he has spent a good part of his life in corporate. He then realized his calling and ventured into entrepreneurship by co-founding his first venture in 2008 which was in the IT ITES space. After a brief consulting stint with an NGO, he partnered with Vandana to start Elderaid Wellness Private Limited in 2015. He has an MBA in marketing and a passionate football fan. loves music and the outdoors and he's a doting father to his three daughters welcome santosh welcome vandana thank you thank you okay going on to our conversation today um we have heard your story on how elderate came about and it is so interesting would you just share with us the genesis of elderate what actually Uh, hit you hard, both of you, to start an organization like Elderaid. Okay, so um, I'll go first. When we, um, so uh, in my family, uh, we are uh, we are Bangalore-based family. We, uh, you know, I am from Bangalore. My roots are here, uh, which means uh, my parents are here. My mother-in-law is here, and this whole. Uh, gallery of aunts and uncles also are here um as is uh, inevitable with uh, i think several families like ours uh, my cousins live in the us or in other parts of the world and um, and so it really uh, boils down to a very small number of us uh, who are young who uh, live in bangalore and provide support to uh, the extended uh, elder family um and it was um at one such uh, uh an uh, an event uh, which was really the demise of an uncle of mine uh where you know i it, the it really hit me hard when i realized that there were a lot of us in that room who were there to provide all the help and support that was required um but of the lot of us there were just three of us who were below the age of 60 and um you know and it was at that time that really got me thinking what happens to other families who don't have this kind of social support uh you know that's nearby that's accessible and uh, and it, you know so i was just completely uh, absorbed uh, by that thought and consumed by it and i think in the next 72 hours spoke with everybody friends and family about it uh santosh is a friend as well and uh, he's one of the people that i i spoke to um at which point he said my god this is something i wanted to do uh, many years ago so santosh you want to connect the dot there <laughs> yeah i uh, so uh, 
I'm a Bangalorean now, but though uh, been here for about uh, 25 years plus, uh, basically from Kerala. So I still have my parents living there. My elder sister lives in US. So I go through the same emotions that most of our customers go through, because you know we try to remote manage your parents' health or uh, you know any help that they would need. So. Uh, we, I had this idea, and uh, you know, to do something like that, uh, especially uh, for the elders. And then, you know, when uh, Vandana, who actually is a friend and a neighbor, you know, talked to me about uh, this idea, you know, I was like very excited to, you know, take this ahead. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a great story, actually. You know, not many people have such inspirations, right? Uh, uh inspirations are different for everyone but taking care of elders that's something very very unique so thank you for so much for you know bringing that into the society uh, uh one one thing that we noticed is elder care is not something that is or probably it's something that is taken for granted in india as a country and uh, it it also comes along with a lot of social nuances and cultural nuances where people feel a little awkward to talk about it even right um, so what has been your experience right from the time you set it up to where you are now how's it been for you so so well said um, i think uh, and we i'm sure we'll get to this a little bit later so first and foremost elder elder care is not even a popular thing to be doing right it's um uh, the the primary focus of a lot of uh, people who are passionate about social causes typically ends up being children for for example and with good reason but um, elder care in general is not popular when we began 5 years ago it was even less popular um did the need not exist then of course it existed it existed then it exists today and you know uh, by 2050 we're going to have triple the number of elders we have today in india uh in south india one in five in 2050 is going to be a senior citizen uh, so if the need is huge um and uh, one that's crying and begging for attention um i think when we began um we were uh, our, our model in itself was reasonably unique quite honestly not because we thought of you know what who's offering what out there and therefore what should we offer i think it was just such a sort of from the heart gut kind of model that came up we said you know we really want to be the proxy child for uh, these elders uh which means while i can't provide the emotional support that uh you know oftentimes that you would seek from your child operationally i can do anything that that the elder needs yeah um and that was really sort of our going in stance another sort of important going in stance for us from an ideology perspective was also elder wellness right um the little that existed then and exists even now and it's still very very little not even a drop in the ocean of the need that's out there is that elder care equals health care and that's not true right uh, given given uh, advances in medicine uh, it is not at all inconceivable to see happy healthy fit reasonably mobile urban elders who are well into their 80s i mean i'm just going to talk of the current data set we're talking about here which is uh santosh's parents and my parents um are his parents and my dad are well into their 80s my mom is 76 and you know not what doing great um now so for us uh these elders were also in focus not just the ones who also needed a lot more 
uh, support in terms of healthcare and so on. But what, what are we doing with well elders? Because our research has shown us that a well elder is a healthy elder. Um, so, you know, I think given all of these, um, you know, all of these factors was really why we went in saying, you know, this is how we're going to uh, focus uh, elder rate. And to begin, we actually mapped the market. So we spoke with over 100 elders and 100 of their children, many of whom lived abroad, and told them about this idea. And they just absolutely loved it. They said, this is exactly what we need. Uh, so it was a go, go, go at that point. And we launched, right? And of course, in the early years, there was a lot of trial and error about the kind of services and so on. The first 10 customers were no problem. And our case was 20 because there's also lots of friends and family, right, at play here. And then you hit, you know, we hit sort of a roadblock because growth in numbers was not happening. And this is when I think the cultural nuances really started looking at us in the face. We're dealing with multiple issues over here. Um, there is the child, typically in the US or overseas, who's anxious and desperately wants to do something. But then you have the elder um, who says, I'm fine, Bitta. I don't need anything right now. I'm good. The elder's drive to preserve independence is just enormous, right? Um, so that's one issue. On the other hand, you do also have enough uh, children who will sort of wait until something happens. Mm -hmm. They are waiting for that eventuality, the hip to break, the cardiac arrest to happen before they kick in. It's not that they're not willing to spend. They, they, they will do whatever it takes. But the pity is that they wait until it's a little bit too long. Um, and so the fact that we are it's better to bring in an elder aid like organization early on so that trust building, relationship building, all of that can happen when your elder is reasonably well. Uh, so that when the time comes, and it will come, these are elders, it will come, they are susceptible, they are vulnerable. Uh, we're already there and there's a relationship that's been built. So I think we've, we've dealt with a lot of these cultural nuances. Um, things have changed in the five years. I think there's far greater readiness to, um, uh, you know, to uh, accept and go with services like ours. Uh, the children are absolutely willing, but the parents you still have to use a little bit emotional pressure sometimes. Uh, and now is a great time, right? COVID, I can't come to you. Will you please say yes uh, to this service? Um, but in reality, if you think about it, uh, the kind of support that we offer, which is elder care at home is really the only way to go in a country like ours. In the West, what's popular is institutional care. So assisted living facilities, senior care facilities, works there. It's an, it is an absolute no-no in India because of the stigma attached to it. Above all, my God, you, you know, there's institutional support. Uh, can't your children, can't my children take care of me, right? <laughs> so such a stigma about that as well. And even if one, you know, were willing to set aside the stigma for a bit, look at our numbers. Where on earth are we going to create this many equipped institutions to provide support? So at-home care, uh, helping the elder live that life of independence and dignity and security in their own homes, which is our mission, is really the only way to go, the only sustainable way to go. Long-winded answer, but, you know, it's also sort of wanted to map for you the journey that we've taken. No, it's, I think you hit all the right notes there, Vandana. And uh, you did touch upon the care at home. 
right? I think which is your USP, uh, which is a far cry from the institutional care or, you know, the, the entire stigma that you spoke about saying institutional care and, you know, that kind of a facility, your, what you offer is care at home, at the comfort of their home, right? So talk to us about the kind of services that are there and, you know, what kind of, uh, what are those uh, immediate solutions that you really offer for these elders at home? So uh, see, basically, we offer uh, pa packages. So we have a couple of uh, packages that are uh, kind of, uh, you know, off the rack you can pick up. Or we also give the options to uh, customize it according to your uh, needs and requirements. But, uh, see, where there are we have a couple of customers who are in the early stage of dementia, Alzheimer's. So where our care managers visit them on a daily basis, uh, spend a couple of hours playing board games, which is, uh, you know, to stimulate their, uh, you know, uh, cognitive senses and uh, also take them for a small walk around the apartment, all this kind of uh, support that we provide on a day-to-day -day basis. Also, we have customers where uh, they want to visit maybe once a week, you know, to do some errands and, you know, sometimes say they're just lonely, so they want somebody to, you know, sit, uh, chit chat with uh, them for about a couple of hours. So, you know, we do all that. So it's all depends on the, uh, their requirements. The most popular services um, that we offer is one, of course, the whole concierge service, which is uh, picking up medicines, running errands, picking up groceries. Uh, I mean, just as an aside, just during the first week of Bangalore lockdown, uh, for example, we got over 300 calls asking for just this from, you know, people uh, from elders across uh, the city uh, because it just sort of caught them unawares. Um, the other popular services that we have is, um, you know, our more mobility enabling. So taking the elder, like Santosh said, for a walk, accompanying them to the hospital. We have, uh, uh, we also accompany elders, for example, for social visits. So go to their home, care manager picks them up, takes them, is with them, and then brings them back. Um, even when we accompany them to the doctor, and that's another very popular service, it's not like an Uber service, right? Where you're just ferrying them there. You're going in to the doctor's chambers. You're listening to the advice. You have their medical history. So you're adding it in. There are some cases where the child says, when you're with the doctor, call me. You know, I want to have a chat with the doctor. We enable that. Um, and then the follow through, because inevitably the doctor will say, get these medicines, get these tests done. And so we're able to see that journey through. That's not a popular service. Um, we offer emergency support to our elders, and this is extremely key. Um, thankfully, it doesn't get used a heck of a lot. Uh, so it means that our, you know, our elders are largely staying healthy, but the, sh the psychological support that, uh, you know, that safety net that it provides, that if something happens, I can call these guys, and then our commitment is for 48 hours, we'll do whatever it takes. So in fact, when we sign on an elder, one of the critical pieces of information we also get is information about their golden circle. Uh, golden circle are the, the top five, 10 people who should be called in any kind of an emergency. And this doesn't just include family, it includes neighbors. Um, because, you know, given urban traffic and so on, uh, if there's an emergency call, while we immediately call the ambulance and get that started, uh, we immediately reach out to the neighbors who are part of that golden circle so that they can get physical help right there. And then depending on the time of day and the urgency, the 
their care manager will either go home or will meet them at the hospital directly. So that's another key service. I think finally, the other really popular service, uh, which we offer through um, a very carefully curated uh, and managed set of partners is a full-time person at home, like a full-time caretaker, uh, you know, to help care for elders who've either just had surgery or who are, um, you know, more mobility impaired uh, than otherwise. So it, it almost sounds like, you know, your caretakers are friends for these uh, customers, right? I mean, all of them, they become friends eventually with the kind of time they spend with them. Our care managers? Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, so, uh, and you know, these are young lads who, uh, the single important hiring criteria, we, we started with people who had social work backgrounds, um, didn't necessarily work. The primary hiring criteria is empathy and compassion. Um, and, uh, and these are young gentlemen, you know, um, typically have joined us when they were yet unmarried. And so over the period of time, you will have customers who are actively looking for uh, matches for their care managers. So yeah, they become like almost like quasi children, grandchildren. Right. So uh, let's shift a couple of gears from here, uh, Vandana. So we, we know that, uh, you know, education, healthcare, and, you know, sustainability are, are the huge focus of the country, right? Uh, um, does elder care really get that kind of focus? And if yes, then what is it? It doesn't. Um, it, at, at multiple levels. So first, like I said, I think even just the sheer number of organizations, whether they are not-for-profit, social enterprises, for-profit, working in this space is abysmal um, and uh, just nowhere near the, the enormity of the need. Um, if one shifts focus to um, what is the uh, what is the kind of institutional support uh, coming to actually uh, you know fund support organizations that work in the elder care space again not enough um, you know while there is the CSR two percent for instance um, and because I also run Ficus right and I have greater visibility into that the predominant focus is is healthcare and um, children, children's education. Uh, women's empowerment is another popular cause. Elder care is just not a very popular cause. Yeah? And when it comes to the whole investment community, um, you know, and Santosh and I will say this, uh, we've had so many really hardened, tough nut VCs, you know, who've heard about our model, gotten all dewy-eyed and said, oh my God, what, a, what an incredible thing you are doing and they genuinely mean that. But having said that, funding into this space does not come very easily. Uh, and this is something, you know, we're a small knit community that works across India, that works in this space. We all know each other. Um, and this is, this is a common, uh, common sort of plea uh, for help and support that you'll hear from all of us. I, I'd just like to say maybe our time has not yet come. Uh, so one should stay hopeful. Talking about time, uh, hope that time comes fast because one paradox that we really talk, uh, like to talk about is this whole prediction that by 2050, uh, and I think you also spoke about it, right? We are going to have a spike in the number of elder elderly population. We are at a six percent now, predicted to grow to 19 percent, right? Now, listening to what Santosh and you have been talking about the state of elder wellness. I don't think 
the country is actually capable of handling that spike um, you know that that we are going to face what are your thoughts on that yeah so well said right um you know in in urban and peri urban urban uh, i think this problem is really really exaggerated in urban peri urban india in rural india there is still a very strong sense of community uh where you know which which sort of uh, uh pitches in and the whole notion of extended families and uh, uh and joint families still exists in rural india so the support somehow is uh, is it happens over there uh, but in urban peri urban india where we've seen so much of migration of the children um and this is not just overseas this is children who've migrated within india uh, for employment typically um those numbers are star- are you're absolutely right they're starting to look reasonably scary and um the uh, i think you know there is if 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 i were to really uh, look at you know do some crystal ball gazing i would in fact say and that's something that santosh and i have been doing a lot of we said you know we understand what it takes to deliver uh, but we also know that our current model uh, is not a scalable model right uh and that will be the truth for anyone in our space unless we can get the community involved in caring for their elders we aren't going to be able to address the the need that's going to come up and so really our uh, and we're very excited about uh, what we are now calling elrade version 2 but it's really about looking at how can we scale the the core of the model rapidly while engaging communities to starting responsibility for the elders so so could i say if you say that uh, you know it's it requires a shift in mindset yeah absolutely absolutely so uh, in today's world right nobody can have a conversation without touching the pandemic uh, so i'm going to bring that up here as well uh, how has it affected elder aid yes a pandemic has affected us uh, both uh, in uh, positive and negative ways so positive being uh, <clears throat> from operational point of view a lot of people are seeing the value add and you know the need of a support system like the, what we offer uh, on the flip side uh, you know because of the fear of uh, contact and everything we are uh, you know denied access to a lot of apartment buildings and all that where our elders live mm-hmm. so you know that's also been uh, you know bit of a setback but on the whole uh, pandemic has opened the eyes of lot of uh, people to the need of elders and how again like we were, during the conversation we are talking about how neglected they are from the society or you know sideline marginalized to a certain extent that's great i think the biggest thing that happened because of the uh, you know uh, on account of the pandemic is uh, uh, you know like i said i think the whole flurry of of calls that we got and interestingly for us uh, the number of calls that we've been getting from people who are living abroad from their children because they are now just panic stricken uh, because they, i think the reality is finally hitting them since their own mobility has been impaired so much uh that uh, we we've, we've got these calls and I'm, and actually many of these are just they just become counseling calls you know with the child to say you know 
uh, yes, support is possible. Yes, of course, there'll be social distancing. Yes, we know we would we yes, we can get a doctor over there. Um, so it's part education, it's part counseling. Um, and it's a lot of handholding because, um, you know, if, if all medicine is saying that our elders are, you know, in the highest risk category, they're the most susceptible. Um, they are also the most um, vulnerable because um, and we're not just talking physiologically. They're not able to go for daily walks. They aren't able to meet uh, meet people. And we know that one of the biggest, biggest silent killers for elders is depression, yeah. is uh, just lack of socialization. Um, and that's all of this has just gotten so magnified and amplified in, uh, in the COVID situation that uh, we're, you know, we're, 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 actively concerned about what's this doing to them psychologically and above all they're frightened you know they're so scared about about what can happen um and and i think it's just amplified the need uh for a sort of a more cogent and um you know sustained solution uh, that we need to look at for them uh, so for example simple things that we're starting to do is uh we call, of course, we always used to call our clients regularly, uh, but we've stepped up the tech support that we offer our clients. Teach them very simply how, do, how to use WhatsApp. How, do you, how can you make and receive a video call? Just, you know, one of our, our clients uh, just told us, they signed up with us last month during the COVID. And that lady was just, she was in tears, the child, you know, who was in Canada. She said, I have not been able to see my mother. And so we just helped, we helped procure a smartphone. We've taught, taught the lady how to, how to reuse it and receive the call. And just that has been transformational for both parties. Also simple things. I was actually going to ask you a question related to this. Uh, do you recall moments where that made you feel that this is the right decision you took with Elder Aid? I mean, such moments make you feel that, right? So do you recall any such, uh, you know, special moments? Santosh has many special moments. <laughs> Tell us something. Yeah. So, yeah, one particular one I would maybe recall is that one of our uh, earlier uh, days uh, customer, uh, she, uh, uh, you know, passed away, unfortunately, recently. Uh, so, they have, uh, you know, again, Brahmins, hardcore, you know, religious uh, people. Uh, but, and she has two daughters. Uh, uh, while uh, both were there for the funeral, uh, you know, when they were carrying out the body, they asked me to, you know, be one of the person to carry the body. So, you know, so I said, you know, I'm a Christian and, you know, I eat meat and all that. And they said, doesn't matter. She always treated you like a son. For you, you are like a brother, you know, please, because we, we are, as, you know, because they are custom, they are not supposed to carry it. So, you know, it will mean a lot to us that, you know, you do that for on our behalf. Yeah, so like that we have many, but then this is one that really stands out even for me. That is really touching. It is heartwarming to listen to something like that. Yeah. yeah it, it must be making you feel content, you know, that you're doing this on a daily basis, right? That, that's yeah. that's most important. Yeah, it has its own uh, good feeling. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's a very fulfilling moment, right? And also the fact that some things that we take for granted, like a simple video call, could give so much joy to people. I mean, we tend to take it for granted. In similar lines, old age is an inevitable truth. 
right? And all of us uh, try and kind of not accept it till it hits us, you know, and you actually grow old. You're not ready to accept that. We always have this, oh, we'll stay young forever, right? That's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the operational principle yeah. that yeah. we operate with. Yeah. Now, uh, our podcast, when, when uh, Bose and I actually ran the entire demographics after our first episode, our listeners basically fall in the age group of 25 to 45, okay? So your, uh, this is the set that will, that will actually be believing that they'll be young forever. So they're gonna stay 25, 45 forever. Uh, so any advice, any tips that you have for our listeners on how to really, A, for their families, right? All of us have families where we have elders. So how do we, look at elder wellness because i think it's been eye-opening for us how do you look at elder wellness and for yourselves how do you actually plan to be emotionally and mentally healthy uh, as you grow old any tips vandana santosh both of you sure um it's so interesting you say this this is increasingly becoming quite the topic just the other day i did a webinar for um, a bunch of a bunch of people, some organization invited me um, to to talk about this. Um, I think some, you know, really top of the mind um, uh, ideas or suggestions uh, for this uh, for you know your listeners would really be, I think one, stay in touch with your elders, um, your family, your uh, your neighbors who are elders. Uh, because they crave engagement, they crave contact. Um, and even if it is a phone call, just to say hello and check in with them. For you, it's a two, three minute phone call. For them, you brightened up their entire day. You know, uh, so I think that's the one that I would say. I would add the tech nuance now that you just rightly pointed out. Again, given that they are perhaps not seeing other people much other than the dudwala or who someone who's you know bringing them um, their groceries, uh, as much as you can enable face to face, you know through WhatsApp, through video calls, whatever. I think that's extremely important. The second thing uh, is, especially given these times, watch out for early signs um, of. Uh, and this, it doesn't just have to be with elders who aren't staying with you. It could be elders who are staying with you as well. Um, watch out for things like clinginess, uh, for, uh, you know, unwillingness to go through with daily, you know, with daily life, uh, you know, what we call activities of daily living. Um, all of these are signs of early depression because remember that this pandemic is just creating, uh, it's a creating a furor in your elder's head. Um, so watch out for early signs, I think, and just stay on top of that is something that I would urge. Um, and, uh, and I think for, for oneself, uh, I would definitely say, uh, you know, of course, you know, there is health and fitness and all of that, which is so important. Uh, but I'd say develop a hobby. Um, I think the single biggest difference that we have seen over these years between uh, elders who stay well longer and those who don't are the ones who stay well have a hobby. It could be Sudoku, it could be crossword, it could be watching movies, uh, you know, uh, it could be watching a sport. Um, it, but 
I think to develop a hobby which is which is going to sustain you over a period of time is definitely something that uh, that I would urge. That's why I'm telling Santosh, you're now getting old, dude. So football, perhaps you have to move along from football to a different hobby, which will see you well into your 80s and 90s. So I'm going. How can they do? That? I'm going to give you a fact there, Vandana. Santosh uh, is still my first pick when I play football. So he's he's still there. He's got it in him. Well done. <laughs> no, no, and also, how can they do without the limping, Vandana? For yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Never forget that. Yes, 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 yes. Those those badges of bravery. Yes. <laughs> Santosh, your 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 advice. No, uh, just uh, you know, echoing with what Madhuna said. Uh, on, uh, so, a, a couple of things. Maybe uh, what we overlook is the importance of uh, social engagement. Currently, yes, we talk about social distancing, but uh, going forward, at some point, you know, all this will get over hopefully soon. Uh, one thing I've noticed across uh, most of the uh, elders that we deal with, the people who are socially engaged are the happy lot and they naturally tend to be more healthier so it can't be a coincidence you know there definitely there is a you know a correlation between their social engagement and their activities because i have a, a, a gentleman who's 80 years old i oh. met him on friday and he was you know talking about because of this issue i'm not able to go to my go for my golf i was surprised you play Oh, I stopped playing about five years ago, but I still go, you know, but he walks the course with the others who play and, you know, talks to them. So, you know, that makes a lot of difference to him. And uh, his wife said, yeah, I play bridge. I go sit, uh, you know, he'll walk around. I know. I... So, you know, it makes, makes them engaged with the surroundings and with people around and keeps them mentally also active. Hmm. But see, what we've seen is a lot of our... Uh, especially early days uh, people in their 80s you know our old attention uh, we when you retire you kind of sit sit at home watch tv the only thing that you may do is take your children uh, grandchildren to the bus stop bring them back or yeah. you know go some ba basic uh, you know grocery shopping next door that's about it at least now you still have uh, people in the 60s who retire still gets some consulting opportunities and all that yeah. so Anything that can uh, keep you engaged. One thing that I do want to add, and it's something you said, Santosh triggered it. Um, people in their 40s are the most susceptible to what we're today calling lifestyle diseases, uh, uh, hypertension and diabetes. Um, and these are silent killers and it really crops up. And nowadays, right from the late 30s onwards, so uh, other recommendation would definitely be if you've not gotten it done, uh, like a full health checkup is a very good idea. I just wanted to say some of the stories that Pantosh said and you know what Vandana you mentioned, it was like giving me goosebumps while I was listening to it. So fabulous stuff, both of you. Great work. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Like, um, so Bose doesn't interject too many conversations. So if he is actually interjecting, it means that he's actually very motivated and inspired, like <laughs> both of us, right? Um, but I think you've opened our eyes to this whole new thing called elder wellness. Um, trust me, it is not something that even we had thought of at all. 
Um, it's really opened our eyes and we are hoping that we are able to actually relay this message to our listeners, to our users on elder wellness, the importance of elder wellness now that we are actually officially into the aging population, uh, you know, bracket. Uh, and I definitely, I mean, I learned a lot when I visited your elderaid.in website. I immediately messaged my father. I said, please check it out. Please check it out. You know, the amount of services and the kind of services is unbelievable. And uh, this is going to be a plug, but uh, listeners, please do visit elderaid.in and just look at the kind of services that are offered because I really truly believe that it does help a lot of the elders that we know in our family. On that note, thank you so much, Santosh. Thank you so much, Vandana. This has been a weekend so well spent. So thank you. Thank for you so much time. for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know.